Okay, I have a lot of slides, so I'm just gonna jump right into it. Uh, and that's a beautiful slide. Okay, very white. Um, but my background is not in uh, virtual reality at all. My, I was working in Tiger. I was in charge of the, the customer experience for 500 stores. And then suddenly I went on vacation in the States with my family and I went into a museum and I, they had some VR goggles and I put on these goggles and I tried this Clouds Over Citra. It's a seven minute documentary uh, of a, in a Syrian refugee camp and I took off the goggles afterwards and I was like, whoa, I felt like I was in a Syrian refugee camp. And it's, it's not with dead babies or anything. It's like pretty nice. It was you sit in a white tent on the floor and her mom cooks, cooks a meal and you go to the school and there's a nice teacher and, and everything is pretty good. But it was like I was actually there on the floor in the tent with the mom cooking and the family sitting around ready to eat. And that was like, whoa, I need to get into this. And so I came home. I found my partner, Peter. We started Cora. We opened a shop. Uh, we believe it's the fir world's first virtual reality store because um, I don't think anybody else was stupid enough to open a shop without any sh product <laughs> being available on the market. <laughs> um, but then we also do virtual reality consulting and we also create a lot of content and we work with artists in New York and architecture and we do educational apps and we release our own games and we try to explore what this new medium can do. Um, and we also have a shared office space. Uh, a lot of different things. We're just testing out and exploring what the, this technology can do. We work with a bunch of different brands in our short life of eight months. Um, we, uh, 2016 is the year where virtual reality can show you a little bit. As you can see, we're just exploring and trying a bunch of different things and working both with 360 video and 3D. Um, but now I'm going to talk to you about a thing that I meet a lot, that is the virtual reality I've failed so many times. So um, in the 60s, uh, virtual reality failed. This was going to be the big, big thing that could transport people to other places. It had smell, it had wind, it had vibration. It was the perfect, the perfect Mother's Day present. Um, and uh, it weighed around two and a half ton and it didn't really make it. And then in the 80s and 90s, there was also a virtual reality hype with a lot of virtual reality startups and they didn't really make it either. Then came the virtual boy in the 90s. Um, this was going to be the consumer product. It was going to be in every home. It was going to transport people to another world. And this is the graphic from inside the virtual boy. Who needs the real world? It's like playing tennis. Um, and what we see is that there was a, a gap between this ability, this idea from philosophy to transport people to another world and what the technology could deliver. Then the cell phone industry boomed and all the smartphone producers de decided to put all these sensors inside the, the phones and suddenly we had all the hardware that we needed to actually make 
our virtual reality experience. And that's why this time around, we have something like that. Right, go crazy. Uh, that you can try outside. Um, but as you can see, it is feeling that you're a different place. You actually feel that you're there. You feel that the things in... We had two accidents in the shop, small accidents with kids. Sadly, but not not real accidents, and both of them has become happened because they leaned on a virtual thing. So they was like, <laughs> it makes feel like they didn't hurt themselves more than a piece of candy could. Uh, but but I think that shows what what this what this can do. So I think the way to to think about virtual reality as a medium is that it's a way to transport people to another place, and you can have many purposes in transporting people. It could be having empathy with someone living in a, in a Syrian refugee camp. It can be communicating uh, an experience. It can be uh, checking if, if a nurse can handle crisis situations. There's a lot of reasons why you want to transport people to another place. One of the abilities is that when you experience something in virtual reality, it sticks in your brain in a, in a stronger way than if you read something or watch movies. So virtual reality is up there like simulating the activity because the brain kind of stores it like a memory. And so, of course, people in education think this, this is really interesting, but also people in branding think this is very interesting uh, because what you really want is to create lasting memories for, for your consumers. Um, just to give you a little bit... Oh, I'd like to ask... This is a little overview of, of some of the hardware. Just to get, How many have seen a 360 video on social media just on your phone uh, in, uh, in th yeah, 300 and... Yeah, okay, that's most. Okay. Uh, and how many people have tried Oculus Rift or HTC Vive? Okay, yes, a lot of people have tried it. The rest need to go and try it uh, outside with Yeve uh, and Simon uh, showing up. This is really, uh, especially the HTC Vive is like the really cool. Um, so if we step a little bit back, I think we, when, we, when we look at communication, I think we see that this could be a new level of communication. And uh, I'm going to take a TED best part of my, uh, steal something story. from a TED talk. Here. Our clan leader is telling us about how he hunted the woolly mammoth on the tundra that day. We hear his words and translate them into our own internal truths. Same thing happens when we look at the cave paintings version of the story, the book about the mammoth hunt, the play, the radio broadcast, the television show, or the movie. All of these mediums require what we call suspension of disbelief because there's a translation gap between the reality of the story and our consciousness interpreting that story. And uh, the, yeah, it died. That happens sometimes. I can, I can, I've seen this before. This, I know what, what is going to happen later. In the <laughs> then he's going to present virtual reality, present it like something that goes directly into your senses, where you don't have this, what he calls, suspension of disbelief. You don't have to imagine that you're there. You just feel that you're there. And then he's going to say that you're... Uh, I think we can just go to them. Then he's going to say that you could be hunting with the clan leader, or you can... That's, a, that's okay. Okay, okay. But then you can also be the mammoth being hunted, or you can uh, try many different things. But um, I'm going to leave that and just uh, go a little bit further because I have so many slides. Um, to the evolution of the Internet, this small thing called the Internet, and then 
uh, how uh, we see the, how I see the it evolving. Um, so Apple in 96, beautiful website, beautiful website. Uh, and this is how it looks now. This is going to be even more beautiful. Netflix, wow, wow. <laughs> and Netflix now, and, and prepare. Close your eyes if you don't want to see something ugly. It's Vimeo <laughs> and Vimeo now. So, but, but if we look at this, uh, this um, what we see that uh, if you go 15 years back, you have a lot of text on websites. Then came Facebook, and there was a lot of images. Every, every website had a big image. And then now it's videos, like most of the content being consumed online, are on videos. And in the future, we see virtual reality as being one of those, like the next level of that medium. And what we see is a push from information to experience. And I think when you start thinking those thoughts of the internet being a place not full of information, like we use it now, but a place that is full of experiences, a lot of things change, a lot of sectors change, a lot of online presence change. And I think that's what Mark Zuckerberg is also talking about here when he says that he believes virtual reality is going to be the next big computing platform. What this is just a guy saying that, but when he then decided to buy a startup company for $2 billion, he kind of made it mean something. Um, when you look at Facebook's uh, future sandbox project, uh, I think that's also quite interesting. Um, Hey, Mike. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Chef. How you doing? Sorry, I couldn't make up that bait. I'm here at Facebook HQ. That's right. Want to say hi to everyone here at FA? Hey, everybody at FA. Good to see you, virtually. <laughs> All right. What do we got here? Well, we're standing in a uh, sort of VR test bed that we've put together to uh, test various experiments that we've put together to see how we can interact together in VR. Right. Well, let me show you a couple here. Okay. So this is a 360 photo, like you were just talking about, yep. uh, but it's in a sphere. So why don't you grab that and okay. slide it right under your face. Whoa! There we go. Welcome to St. Pancras Station, London. Whoa. This is We can amazing. go here together. Yeah. Whoa, check out that clock. That's a really sweet clock. I don't know if that's a clock. Yeah, it's a fancy clock made by the Dent uh, company. They've been doing it for like 300 years. Same clock as in Big Ben. Yeah, okay. Let's, uh, let's keep going. Let's try someplace else here in London. just that shows you some of the, the things that they're looking at and also when you look at the big investments going into virtual reality you also see all the big tech, co tech companies going into vir virtual reality and also augmented reality when you see the projections all these big numbers to show that other people agree with what I'm talking about um, but this is kind of the main thing the main thing is is when the internet become gets an experience medium what will happen and I think a good example is, is Wikipedia. 
If I want to know something about the Great Wall of China, right now I go to Wikipedia and I read about the Great Wall of China. But if I wanted to learn it through an experience, I would put on a virtual reality headset and the most knowledgeable person about the Great Wall of China would walk me around. If maybe I wanted more motivation, more action, maybe I would be a guard living 800 years ago guarding the Great Wall of China and learn through that. But, but this is kind of the change that I see, and this is something that could happen to all areas. Another area, online shopping. There's not a lot of experience in, in, in online shopping right now. It's very easy to use. But online shopping could look a little bit more like this. What do you need? I don't want to sell Left. guns. That's not the point of this video. This could be dresses. It could be uh, flowers. It could be <laughs> a lot of different things. I don't want to sell guns, but 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 it's thinking uh, maybe if I want an experience of shopping, which is what all retailers, where I come from before virtual reality is talking about, all of them are talking about creating an experience, then this is the way to create the ultimate experience. There's no dirty floors, there are no annoying staff checking their phones. There's whatever it is that you want to make. Uh, training and simulation, I just want to show you some, uh, some people working yeah, so with high voltage. Some, uh, they can't do their training, so they do it in, so in virtual reality. You could have these trainings. This is a part of the internet. Um, so if you want to know how it is to work at a high voltage, uh, electrical facility, you could like you could do this. Uh, Google's uh, education project. I'm just going to show a little part of it. Anywhere in the world that you want to go, where would you want to go? I would like to go to the moon, Thailand, ancient Greece, India, to Nigeria, my homeland. One or maybe all of the seven wonders of the world. When you explore different places, you have the chance to actually learn something new. You want to be able to show the kids that there's something outside of your community that you can go to and learn from and that there's other places you can visit. All right, so let's do our objective and we'll talk about the lesson for today. We're gonna take a field trip to Verona, Italy to see the place where Romeo and Juliet lived. I'm going to take you on this field trip under the water. Okay, you guys ready? Pick up your devices and look in your cardboard. What is that? It allowed us to go somewhere we wouldn't normally be able to go. Are we in China? This is the Great Wall of China. We got to see the place. It's so we just released our first educational app, and uh, we're trying. We just got funding to do the second one. There's a lot of possibilities within this kind of experience education, especially because kids really like virtual reality. Um, another area is healthcare. We have some really cool. Uh, projects um, we're going to see one later but also uh, the whole concept of exposure therapy is about exposing things to the people that the, the thing that they're afraid of and then make them comfortable with that but if you're afraid of flying sitting down with a psychologist and showing them, him showing a picture of a plane it doesn't really scare you that much it's not like actually being there so using virtual reality to train going to the supermarket train flying all these things that are hard to visualize. And then being able to do it at home later is, is a huge uh, like possibility. We have a big project with dementia um, where you're able to, uh, people who are stuck in a wheelchair or, or stuck at a, uh, and don't remember can go on field trips. Uh, we did a pro project with the Rieses Potato. If you just stand here, then you can't really get out of 
Men jeg føler virkelig, at jeg har været i så logisk have, at jeg kunne klubbe den ikke. En Danish. Man hører, at ens veninde skal til Filippinerne eller i Frankrig. Vi sender billeder, og så sidder man her bare fanget i sin hospitalsseng. Sådan der. Det er piratfristende. Den store hand, han er lige åbnet sit mund, sådan helt vildt højt op. Eller sådan helt galt op, og så kaster han biopladserne til bare F og L. De er godt nok store. Så går han sikkert lige om lidt i gang med at spise dem. Jeg var svejligt skeptisk, men så da jeg prøvede det, så altså, det var virkelig sjovt. Meget sjovere, end jeg havde regnet med. Når man får på, så er man ligesom et helt andet sted, og man skal ligesom til stillinger til nogle helt andre ting. Og så kommer smerten lidt i baggrunden af hovedet. Um, architecture, another application, being able to walk, to have experiences online, where you can walk in buildings that you've never been to. That's uh, another possibility. This is all digital. Um, I think you'll see in a second, when you change the color of your surroundings. Of, of course, this is used for architects, but it's of course also the idea that you can check your hotel um, if you want, go walk around in your the room. Um, another area that we're looking a lot into is this uh, virtual showrooms that the furniture company has 2,000 square meters of uh, a showroom in, in Norhound and they sell internationally, being able to allow their customers to walk around and see all their furniture, all their possibilities. Um, is is another big area, but this is just the main the main uh, some of the main things that we found that this transition from information to experience what that can do. Just to g uh, give you a little bit of idea how to get started with virtual reality, how we work with our customers, because obviously we're not specialists on any of these areas. We're not a specialist in education. We're not specialist on psychiatry. We're not specialist on on architecture where we partner with people who know their stuff, who wants to explore virtual reality. Uh, the first re question is, why do you want to use virtual reality? It might be quite obvious, but a lot of people just want it for the flash, like the, cool, the, the coolness of it, and they don't actually want it for any. So some of the, these things, like visualizing things that can't be visualized, simulating things, having people feel that they're present in another place, something that uh, has to do with work memory and teamwork or telling stories in an immersive way, some of the main things. Then another thing that adds complexity a lot to working with virtual reality is what hardware do you want to use? Nobody in general, not a lot of people have the hardware yet and I don't think uh, people will have the high-end hardware in their homes. Uh, my grandmother probably won't, at least. Um, but so, so you have some of the distribution, like on YouTube, Facebook, on uh, smartphones, Google Cardboard. You can buy a lot of cardboard, send them out to your customers. You can have some of the location-based versions. So like if you're an airline company, then you can have a HTC Vive in the airport or at the places where you sell your airport tickets. But you probably can't make an experience and think that millions of people are going to try that experience in their home. So that's a huge uh, 
complex things that customers don't always think about. Um, then also the distribution. Do you want it as an app? Do you want it in one of the stores? The stores are very guarded. They have to be very relevant. It's really hard to get branded content in. Then you're, if you're on YouTube uh, or Facebook, there's a lot of restrictions. Then it's basically only 360 video uh, that you can put in. Then you can do things in the browser. Uh, like web VR is going to be really big. Uh, 360 websites. Um, but, but it's all trying to figure out how is it that you want to distribute the content that you've created. And that's actually a really big challenge. And a lot of people forget this part. And that's why so they make really good content that nobody sees. Um, I think another, another thing is choosing between 360 video or real-time. Uh, so real-time 3D graphics is in a game engine like Unity or um, Unreal. And 360 video is, of course, a, a video. Um, you can do a lot of things in video. If you want photo realism for a low budget, that's probably the way to go. You can buy some pretty good cameras for 3,000 kroners, like uh, the Samsung camera, and you can go and you can film and you can upload to YouTube in, in a matter of hours, and it's pretty easy to use. Uh, and it, the, the quality is pretty good. But if you want uh, something with 3D where you can interact with things, you know, you need to go with the real-time things. I think the, the, the real-time things can also work on, on the, the other devices. So this is not actually accurate, these uh, arrows going down, but it's an, an estimate of some of the most um, popular devices. Then there's a huge problem in, in the user experience design for uh, about nausea. Um, so many people tried virtuality, especially if they tried them 10, 15 years ago, uh, got really nauseous. At that time, the main problem was the sensors in the device and the frame rate. So the number of pictures that were shown and the sensors that could notice that you turned your head. So basically, you would turn your head and then the whole world would rotate around you and you would vomit. Um, now now the, the, the nausea, that type of nausea problem is currently mostly on the smartphone. The smartphone, if you just hold up your smartphone, you won't get nauseous. But it's basically just on the cardboard, uh, Google Cardboard uh, thing that the sensors might not be that good in if you have an old phone. Um, other than that, the problem is now a new problem, which is that if you take a virtual, like a camera in virtuality and you move it, people get nauseous. Because what they notice is that, that the, my body is standing still, but I feel like I'm moving. And that disconnect with the real body makes them nauseous. It also happens in, in games. If you have, uh, if you sit with an Oculus Rift and an Xbox controller, and you want to play Counter Strike, which many people want, then you move forward with your finger, and the virtual body moves forward, but your body stays still, and you get nauseous. Um, so basically, there's a whole new area about designing movement without moving. So the main use right now is teleporting. Um, so basically, teleporting don't get you, you, you don't get nauseous from teleporting. Um, <laughs> but so basically, you just uh, with you just uh, choose an area and then you jump to that area and you like close your eyes, and when you wake up, in a split second after, you're at a different place and you don't get nauseous. So that's how you you design around that. But of course, it's getting it becomes more complex when you when you add something like the HTC, HTC Vive, where you can actually move your body 
and you can go down and that's fine, but then you can't move outside the area that you marked, which can be like up to five times five meter, but usually it's smaller. So then you have to teleport outside that area. But so that uh, for the user interface for that is, is quite complex. And also each of these devices have, uh, have uh, different needs. Um, in terms of controls, there's also all, all of these devices are quite quite uh, different. You have the HTC Vive with these controllers that you hold and they're almost like your hands. Um, then you have the Xbox controller that is currently the available one for the Oculus Rift where you sit down with a controller and you move it like a, like a game. Uh, but now they're coming out with some controllers that look a little bit like the HTC Vive. On the Samsung Gear VR, which is the most popular uh, platform I think right now, um, you have uh, a touchpad on the side which, of course, is very restricting, uh, but you can swipe up and down and stuff like that, but it's very limited to, to what, you can, what you can do. Uh, and then on the Google Cardboard, you have the vo version 2. They released with a small button, and it's a, like just like a cardboard button. Um, but then you can look and click, but the thing is that the button breaks uh, really easily, so most people do this thing called gaze control, um, which is that there's a little... little dot here and when you look around so now I'm selecting the computer and then there's like a small clock in half a second if I look at the computer for half a second then I have selected the computer in my interactions um, so these are some of the main challenges that we see um, in in this uh, space some of the main things that uh, makes it complex to work with virtual reality because basically the video it's pretty easy now for, for some of the lower end uh, hardware and the 3D real time thing is also something that people in the game industry are pretty used to uh, and you can work in Unity. So it's like these things are, are not technically hard, it's actually the design process that's pretty hard. Um, yeah, but this is kind of the main thing that you should think about. Now I'm just going to give a little bit, we have a little bit of extra time, so I'm just going to go a little bit to add a little bit of complexity about some of the future technology that I see. I just want to show you uh, this is an amusement park in um, in the States. It's also going to come to Denmark. It's kind of a level up uh, of virtual reality uh, where they, uh, they, over they make the virtual space fit with the real space. in virtual reality and you feel it. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but then you also have all these technologies that are being mixed into to, uh, virtual reality. So you have voice control, you have 3D, like these years are just me guessing when it's going to be integrated into the, 
into the headsets, basically, but like 3D scanning allows you to 3D print things, put it inside, uh, like you can draw something in virtual reality and print it, and then you can take something from the real world and put it inside your game. So this kind of gateway between the real world and the virtual world, and it's gonna be pretty available. Eye tracking is also gonna be pretty good and uh, gonna make the computer power um, that you need to use to do virtual reality a lot less because you just need to render where people look. Um, you have haptic feedback, feeling touch, is things that are gonna be mixed in. Hand tracking you already have, but it's gonna be interesting when it's gonna come and be a part of the headset. You have Project Tango, that's a part of Google, having these chips that can scan your environments. All these things are gonna be merged in. You have artificial intelligence, brain control. But I think the main one, and these years are way wrong, and the guy coming, the speaker after, is, knows a lot about it, um, so I should probably remove that slide. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but augmented reality, of course, is something that you talk a lot about in, in the context of, um, of virtual reality. And, uh, but it's quite different. I, I'm just gonna show a little bit of a little ad for Microsoft HoloLens. Uh, because it's pretty cool, cool and J-Way has it outside. You should definitely try. It, in every aspect of our lives. it enables us to do amazing things. But what if we could go further? What if we could go beyond the screen? Where your digital world is blended with your real world. Now we can. This is the world with holograms. What will they enable us to do? New ways to visualize our work. I have an idea for the fuel tank. New ways to share ideas with each other. How are things going your end? I just put the images in OneDrive. Perfect. More immersive ways to play. New ways to teach and learn. So put the new trap in the place of the old one. Now what? And tighten here and here. New ways to collaborate and explore the places we've never been. Look at this formation. Let's take a closer look. And new ways to create the things we imagine. change the way you see the world, you can change the world you see. This is Microsoft HoloLens. Yeah, that was uh, my presentation. Thank you. I don't know if anybody noticed the robotic dog, the animated dog at the end. It took me like 800 times to watch this video, and then I saw it. <laughs> but thank you very much.